Blog Talk Radio. Are we? Well, I'll go first. 
I think that one of the reasons why these elections are getting so much attention is because these politicians seem to have bottomless pockets when it comes to buying commercials, and they flood us with all these commercials that we cannot get away from night and day, all day, all night. They're running these crazy commercials to tell us what's wrong with their opponent. And this stuff goes on and on and on. And I really do think that that's one of the reasons why these commercials, I mean, why these elections are getting so much attention. Because a lot of times, I mean, when you think back to the local elections, or not even just the local ones, but I mean, the governor, I can see that might get a little more. But some of these local ones, like people running for council and this and that, we're getting bombarded with commercials for them. And the people saying what's wrong with the other guy or the other woman. And it just seems to never stop. So in answer to the question, I really think that it's because of all the advertising dollars that's being thrown into it that's getting all this attention. Because I don't recall it being all that noticeable before until people started, you know, spending more money on ads. I don't know. What do you think, Kettle? Um, shoot the question again. The question was, do you think what do you think is causing so much extra attention to the elections? Um, I think also two people. Um, former President Barack Obama and the last president, which was forty five. I see more of them now than I've ever seen. Um than I see Biden. So I think that they're instrumental in, you know, uh, you know, the candidate that's running for governor, he's really pushing, um, you know, the last president, Barack Obama. And then all this insurrection crap they keep showing, um, you know, they're against another candidate, so 45 shows up. So um, I think those two are the catalysts. I hate to say it, but you know, one's apples, one's orange. So it's just night and day. But I think they're the catalyst that, that keep all this 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 stuff going, this ad stuff. People are really paying attention, I guess, because who it is are in these ads. So that's my take oh, on Oh, that's it. a good point. That's a good point. So maybe because of the people that are involved, it's getting a lot more visibility than it normally yeah. would. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do you think, Papa Didi? I, I think that mostly um, these elections are getting so much attention, in my opinion, is because of the anticipation that people are concerned about what's going to go down if somebody loses. You know, Trump has shown the sore loser effect so much that we don't know what somebody's going to do if they lose. And that, that's almost the scariest thing in the world. Because, you know, we, we lose in a world where uh, around 11 o'clock at night before the evening news come on, we know the winner. It's almost like the person that loses is going to contest it. I wouldn't even say the person, but the Republican that loses is going to contest it. And and, and I, I, say, I only say that because that's who they become. You know, it's like, ah, it's been rigged. Well, how how is somebody that, that does all the rigging 
saying something's going to be rigged. That's really interesting. That's what's really blowing our mind now because the people that have been, been the vicious people are the ones claiming things are unfair. You know, that's, that's what's scary. When Trump was saying something's rigged, I'm like, wow, who's, who, who's the rig artist? You're the rig artist. Wow. You know, so that's, that's what's scary. Cause we don't know what's going to happen that night. And it's almost like, why do we even bother to hold elections? Because it's going to be controversial yeah. and it's scary. So, you know, what's the point? <clears throat> yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think everybody has a piece of what's causing all the commotion around it. So, anyway. All right, Kettle, uh, you ready for the rundown? Sure. All right. Let's get right into it then. All right. All go right. for it. All right. Our hot topics tonight, we're close to home. How would you, President, break silence on student protests? Also, John Gruden's emails prove the NFL has a problem. Also, Dylan Roof, massacre victim, families reach settlement with DOJ. Our hidden and quitted headlines, boss murdered employee and buried him. Wow, showing some fatal attractions, though. Also, 82-year-old black woman seeks um, in to uh, probation from 1955. Also, actor charged with vandalizing George Floyd's statue in, in NYC. Also, Queen's aides may be working her too hard. And sneakers generated $70 billion, but black retailers saw little. Also, a cocktail of the week is called the Jim Bean Orange Julep. What's popping with Papa Didi? Our weird news. We're going to lighten it up for you. Why uh, Dad gives his son a ridiculous name. Also, animals on the loose. And um, sex toys. Sex toys. That's also a sale. I'm sorry. Also, a safe to hide valuables. <laughs> I'm just saying with red wine, ain't nothing funny. Living for the City with Papa Didi, my Hollywood wrap-up, the kiss list, and the last word. Sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back with the hot topics. Girl, what are you using on your skin? And your hair looks so thick and beautiful. I've got a secret. I know you're going to share it with your girl. Well, just between you and me, I found a new product that makes my skin glow and my hair fabulous, too. It's bull semen. No bull. Stop playing. For real. Bull semen gives me this glow and keeps my skin nice and soft and feeling good. Where in the world did you get bull semen? From a bull, of course. But only my distributor knows for sure. I can hook you up. Check it out. Bull semen is great for your hair, nails, skin, and everywhere else where it doesn't feel right. Just warm the tube of bull semen. Put on some Barry White music. Massage the tube using slow circular motions. And when the semen comes out of the tube, put some in your hair, on your nails, on your skin, and wherever you want. Before you know it, you'll be glowing. Your hair will be growing, and your friends will want to be knowing. I'm ordering my tube of bull semen today. Order two. I'm almost out. Bull semen. Do not use internally. Or pregnancy could occur. And we're not responsible for that. 
40 euros a day. And that's no bull. Hi, this is Papa Didi. If you haven't heard of the pajama party, you're missing out. We got hot topics, hidden quitter headlines, what's popping with me, weird news, I'm just saying with red wine, living for the city again with me, the Hollywood wrap up with kettle, the cocktail of the week, the world's famous kissing list, and of course, the last word. We serve up each week on the Pajama Party Show, and nobody does it like us. You can call us each week live on Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time at 914-803-4306 or listen at www.apajamaparty.com and also follow us on Twitter at apajamaparty. All right, welcome back to the John Party. One of your hosts, Papa D. Damn here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Ooh, what a day, what a day. All right, Indeed. time to get into it. All oh, right. so much happening. All right, Kettle, um, I'm going to kick it over to you. What is okay. your hot topic tonight? We got it going on right here in the DMV. How would you, H-U, you know. Who knows? Um, yeah, the president breaks silence on student protests. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of students have been protesting for about almost two and a half weeks. Um, talking about the conditions and everything at the dormitories. So we might have to put him on the kids list. Wayne A.J. Frederick has issued a statement to students occupying the uh, Blackburn University Center in protest of poor living conditions on campus. Frederick claims that students requesting mold be removed from their dorms are creating, quote-unquote, health and safety risks by occupying the Blackburn Center. He also claims the students in need of clean, safe living quarters are impeding operations and access to essential services. Uh, To end this statement, Frederick stated that the protests Movement dubbed the Blackburn Takeover, I'm sorry, hashtag Blackburn Takeover must end. Um, okay. He's not addressing the issue. What the F is he talking about? They got to leave, but you still have these conditions and these dorms. I don't get it. I don't get so it either. It goes, it, it goes on to say, um, despite Frederick's warning, students appear to be unfazed. I don't blame them. Throughout the day, students have continued to post uh, photos and videos of mold, um, discolored water, leaks, and much more. Um, Not to mention students um, spent the previous week documenting various issues um, leading up to the homecoming. I mean, they had homecoming and everything. I mean, they they trying to live their lives on campus, but, you know, they they can't because all this stuff is going on. My thing is, why didn't you, you know, the administration – or the, the school addressed these issues before they got there. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. So something, there's a disconnect there somewhere. So, uh, like mm-hmm. I said, the um, president has not addressed the issue itself. He, he just wants, you know, these kids to go back to class and stop being unruly and get from in front of the Blackburn Center. But they're trying to make a point. So, I, I mean, I respect what they're doing. So, 
Kudos to him. I did too. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Paul? They spend way too much money to go to that school to have to deal with all that bull. Right. Doesn't make any sense. And it's it's a prestigious university. You would think they would be on the up and up and, you know, have this stuff together. You would think. But, uh, you know, a lot of actors and uh, politicians and uh, well-known people have gone to Howard University. Vice so, President. To me, yeah. yeah. They, you know, they 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 bringing down the reputation of Howard University. Because you have these conditions, why not try to address the issues instead of talking around the issue? So, yeah, that's my opinion. Well, what is uh, Felicia Rashad doing about any of this? Is she involved? I haven't heard her say a word, nothing. You know, that might not be her, I won't say concern, but it might not be in her field of, you know, field, you know. Yeah, you would you would think she would might say something to encourage the kids or I mean, but I, I think when you're an administrator like that, I think you can't really get involved. Um that's that that's what I'm thinking. But um yeah. Well, you know what? On on that one I'm gonna disagree because I feel like <laughs> given given who she is, right. it could be very helpful if she were to go out there and sit uh-huh. out there with the kids and basically join the protest. And if the school decided that they wanted to give her the boot, that would look so mm-hmm. bad for the school. I mean, not to say that they couldn't, but, right. you know, chances are, after all of what happened to get her there mm-hmm. and with her having the name that she has, I cannot imagine that if she went out there, and even if she didn't join the protest, if she sympathized with the kids, I can't right. imagine that the administrators would fire her. Yeah. But, you know, I who knows? with you on that. Yeah, you're right. Who knows? What, I what just you think, think sometimes about when you have a position, you got to, you know, use the juice that you have. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yep, use the juice you got. There you go. <laughs> I just think that the complacency level has gotten real high. I think everybody is rolling as business as usual because if you look at it from a mechanical aspect, you know, mm-hmm. mold is something that accumulates based on how long that you didn't pay attention to it, you know. Mm-hmm. The longer you didn't do nothing about it, the more it's going to spread. And right. uh, that, that's just nature. It's got nothing to do with people being shiftless or anything. It has to do with the fact that you were dealing with an element that takes on a life of its own. Once it's not, once it's not battled, you know, and and you have to ba- the only way you're gonna battle is to look at it, you know. You gotta pull back. Sometimes you gotta pull back the sheetrock, pull back the plaster, knock down mm-hmm. a couple of dorm rooms, and they think, well, Lord, and you gotta have some connections, you know. A lot of these mm-hmm. colleges, Yale, Yale, UCLA, USC, Alabama, they still got connections to to. Spanish folks that do it for cheap, but I think that a lot of time black folks just ain't got connections anymore. They think they so high for looting that they ain't keeping in touch with what they need when it comes to saving a dollar. They want to be so bougie, and then the bougie people ain't paying attention, and then they got the bougie students 
the student body, and now everybody want to pick on the freshmen who came in complaining. Well, the freshmen don't have any history there, so they don't give a shit. Everybody, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a veteran, I'm a, you know, I'm a, you know, what do you call it? I'm a alumni, alumni, alumni. Well, you only alumni once you've been there, but if you just getting there, you ain't got that kind of same flavor because you ain't experienced it yet. Well, they're looking at mm-hmm. the, the students like, oh damn, what we, you know, you know, you know, they just got here. Why they, why they complaining? And you know, so it's sometimes to do with the bouginess and lack of concern, and it's getting deep, it's getting ugly. It's only gonna get worse. It ain't gonna get better. You know? Right. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Well, and, I, and will not correct itself. Like no, that mold's going to grow, and, and the room, more dorm rooms are going to be, it's just going to crawl underneath the woodwork and through the rafters and up yeah. on the boundaries, and it's going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. So somebody gets to fall. Mm. So what are you going to do? Yeah. But then, too, I think, I think, um, you know, maybe maybe the the university owes some contractors, and they haven't gotten their money, so they haven't mm-hmm. been able that to address. Be I mean, yeah, because the, the you would think they would address the issue before the kids get there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you would think so. So there's a disconnect there somewhere. There's some yeah, money that's probably been al- allocated, and 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 they allocated to the wrong place. Yeah, there you go. That's a good point. They could have some debt out there they ain't talking about. Yeah. uh, Or like you said, money could have been reallocated for something else, Mm -hmm. and now they have a situation. They've spent that money that could have been designated to take care of that stuff. Right. You can't rob Peter to pay Paul and think uh, Peter doesn't want to get his money too. My suggestion personally is like, why don't they leave? I mean, as long as they stay in D.C., they can always relocate mm-hmm. somewhere to a better location because they might be in a place where as uh, being all up there in that little area they're in around there, uh, what is it, off of Florida Avenue and Georgia, Georgia. Georgia Avenue, and all that little tight area could be their own worst enemy where they should get like the University of Maryland and just get some real campuses with some land and you know I mean you got a you got a college in the Philadelphia area called Lincoln University man that place is, looks like a farm they they got so much land out there that mm-hmm. man they please they where they have the graduation at is on the outside land is huge <laughs> you know that's mm-hmm. just where they put the grandstand and had the graduation so Howard seemed like it's in a bubble in the middle of the city, but maybe that's not working no more. Maybe they need to break ground mm-hmm. and, and move somewhere where they can stretch out a little bit and get some new construction and leave that yeah. crap behind. Leave that for somebody yeah. else. Maybe it's time for that stuff to be bulldozed down. That's everybody's talking about been going there for years, for years. Well, it's probably old and decrepit. And yeah. It needs to be knocked down. Yeah, that, that building has been there since the, the late 1800s. Yeah, exactly. So For sure, yeah. That's what they're concerned about. And somebody gave them a price tag probably that they can't handle. So now they just turn mm-hmm. their back on it and tell the students to shut up. But uh, I just think they mm-hmm. should bulldoze it and move somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know? That's a good suggestion, hey. Yeah. All right, yeah. we'll, well, we'll continue to watch it. and rebuild it right there. Mm-mm. You got the last. Get out of there. Oh, I would get out of there. That's too tight. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've got in between. I, I say uh, a new change of pace. I think, like you guys said, the buildings are just old, and sometimes, you you, you know, you can't 
do too much to old buildings because mm-hmm. a lot of historical sites. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to, to try to gut everything out and and start from scratch. Just start a new. Just buy some, yeah, just mm-hmm. buy some. Look, do like Jericho. Look, they were they were in D.C. for a long time until, hey, that property out there in Merlin came about, and, hey, they a whole city out there now, so, you know. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. I tell you, University of Maryland, they they got everything. East-West Highway all the way down to Ikea. Yeah, they (laughs) got a whole lot. They got buildings all over. Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to continue to watch this story, though. Yeah. Well, you know, John Gruden is still being talked about after he got booted from the – Mm. What's the team, Papa Didi? The Vegas, uh, the Vegas Rams. Yeah, I mean Vegas. No, Raiders. Vegas Raiders. Every time they move to another city, they throw me all off. But anyway, after he has been exposed as a racist, a misogynistic homophobe, John Gruden has earned the immediate entry into the into the Pro Football Hall of Shame. But as the ex Vegas Raider coach. Uh, as we all know, he's not the only problem in the NFL. And, you know, we all have been talking about that for the longest time, that if they want to talk about the emails and all that were sent, they need to dig into who was the recipient of the emails. Because if he's sending, not if, he did send emails that were, you know, a whole lot of stuff that he was saying, you know, naked, half-naked pictures of the cheerleaders, there were uh, racist and homophobic slurs thrown and, you know, just a bunch of crazy stuff. But the problem is he was communicating back and forth with other people that are part of the NFL. But he's the one that became the poster child for what you don't want to do, and now he's out. But the rest of those folk who were laughing and giggling and whatever and passing these emails around, they're still holding their position. That's a problem. So what that says to me is that the problem is still there. He just was the one that got exposed. And it's interesting how Roger Goodell has made a statement and said he doesn't want to, you know, uh, what did he say, release who the people were, the names and all that. He doesn't want to release that information. I'm like, why, Mr. Goodell? You had no problem releasing the names of the black players that folks in the NFL had a problem with when they started taking a knee. You made Colin Kaepernick the poster child for what they considered to be anti-American. You didn't have a problem releasing those names. Why can't you just come right out and say, who is on the receiving end of all of the anti-gay, anti-black, anti-woman, all of that stuff? Say so. Stop trying to protect these people. These are grown men. And if there's any women involved, grown women. These are adults. If they were bold enough to send this stuff around, they should be bold enough and adult enough to take the heat for it. So uh, there was some speculation that said if uh, if Gruden had not put stuff in these emails that was making fun of Roger Goodell, and making uh, homophobic comments about Roger Goodell, 
he probably still would have been in his same job running up and down the sideline for the Raiders. Now, I didn't even realize that he had called some, called some names to Roger Goodell. I mean, I looked him up, and Goodell's married with uh, twin girls. But, of course, that doesn't have to mean anything. I don't know about the man's sexuality, but speculation is that Gruden shot himself in the foot when he started calling Goodell gay in these emails. What? <laughs> I guess they said, you just went too far. It was fine Ooh. to call black people monkeys and call women whatever he was calling them and the topless pictures of the cheerleaders. They didn't seem to be tripping over that. But apparently when he slipped up and said some gay stuff about Roger Goodell, it was like, oh, now you went too far. Ooh. Now you got to go. So like I said, I, I just think, you know, with with all of this stuff, they're, they're saying that the stuff Gruden did was only a handful of 650,000 documents that have been uncovered as part of this investigation uh, as far as in, into the Washington football team, you know, because they're digging into their team as well with all of the mess that came up with the, the cheerleaders and basically the same situation, different teams. Mm-hmm. So 650,000 documents is a lot of documents. Yeah, it's got a lot That's of mess lot. on it, too. It's got yeah. a lot of mess. It runs. It runs real deep. That's why Gruden is not putting out the uh, the Washington football team because it's it's got it's got mess, you know. Yeah, Goodell is like and, trying to hide all this stuff. Well, because you got to remember too that people, you know, a lot of people were at another at another time in their life, you know, back when the uh, now that we have the Me Too movement, and Black Lives Matter, and all kind of stuff that's being a watchdog for anything that's, you know, hopefully improper. But back then, you know, white folks just acting the fool. They still do. Mm-hmm. But back then they had no restrictions, and they felt like the email was just a fast way to fire a joke or fire a picture. or You know, restrictions recently came out on different things now. Now people are scared to press enter anymore, you know. <laughs> but but it was at the point where, and when they, and emails accumulate, you know emails accumulate. Like, you can't tell me. Man, I have, I'm not going to say what internet service I have, but I know I got 3,000 emails just, like, laying around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just laying around. It's a struggle to try to keep them current because they come in so fast, and you don't have time to go through all that. And stuff. they could be hacked. People, You could be sharing your email with somebody right now not even knowing it. Not that they're using it, but they have access to it daily, seeing what you do, seeing what you get. And they just looking, it's, you know, because I see a name pop up on mine, but I'm too old to even give a damn at this point in my life. So whatever will be, will be. Well, on the Washington team, you know, uh, the owner of the team, Snyder, was fined by the NFL $10 million back in the summer, back in July, uh, based on the results of the investigations into all of the shenanigans on the Washington team. And that was just but, to him. Right, for letting Snyder, that happen. Right, and but I'm the, saying ten million dollars for Snyder. Yeah, what is that pocket change? Yeah, pocket change. I mean, give me a break. And plus, he put the team in it. He put the team's name in it. The team is in his wife's name. Exactly. Now. He he has no name on the team at all. But I tell you what, his wife could really screw his ass big time if he yep. fuck, if he fucked that up. If he anyway. pisses her off. Oh, yeah. Kiss that team goodbye. Plus, she's not, because he told him in the beginning, he, he probably said, I'll put a bullet in your head, lady. You mess with me. <laughs> you fuck around and you do me dirty on this move here. 
Okay. Anyway, let's keep it moving. All right. What you got, uh, This is another deep story. This is a really sad story. Uh, they're saying that the victims, families, and survivors of the South Carolina uh, gunman, you know, you know, Dylan Roof, that little crazy little joker that uh, killed those uh, beautiful black people in the church in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. A while back, uh, they awarded the, they reached the $88 million settlement from the uh, Department of Justice there. So the Department of Justice, they will pay $88 million to the survivors and families of the victims shot by a racist gunman, Dylan Roof, as you know. Um, this happened at the South Carolina Church, which is a, uh, it, they say that it was really aggravated mostly because of a faulty background check was blamed for allowing Roof to uh, possess a firearm that he used in the June 2015 massacre that left nine people dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, his attorney, Mr. Sell, uh, the attorney, Mr. Sellers, who negotiated the settlement for the deceased, uh, said that number 88 is the code that white supremacists use that also represents the number of uh, bullets that uh, Roof said that they found in his possession at the time of the killing. 88 bullets in his possession. Wow. My goodness, he was just going to shoot until he ran out, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, let's see. He also, uh, they said that letter H, uh, let me see, let me see, I'm going to get ahead of myself here. The letter H is the, uh, eighth letter of the alphabet, and that's all the abbreviation for the, uh, HH means, uh, High Hitler, which appears in duplicate, he, where he had, uh, tattoos and stuff on him, or HH on everything, so. Great. It was This man was just, he was just white. He was He was whitewashed into uh, racial situations. So he said that, that settlement included $63 million for the family of those killed and $25 million for the survivors of the tragedy. The Department of Justice stated that uh, the breakdown awards roughly $7 million per claimant and, and the survivors would be paid uh, $5 million each. So nearly uh, four months prior to the rampant, Roof was busted for drug possession charges that should have prevented him from uh, passing a background check. But due to a series of administrative errors, a 21-year-old bigot was able to produce a, uh, he was able to buy a 45 caliber Glock in April 2015. All right. Roof also became the first person in U.S. history to be sentenced to death for a federal hate crime in 2017 when he was convicted. He unsuccessfully tried to appeal the ruling in August, and uh, so they're going to go through with it. So he's currently on death row, mm-hmm. waiting to see what happens to him. So, uh, wow. You know, if you got any opinion on this, you know, give us a call nine one four eight zero three four three zero six. Press one. Press one. Mm-hmm. I remember when that situation. happened. That's that case where once the police got him, he said he was hungry. And the police went and picked him up some fast food from someplace. They took him to get it before they went to the police station to turn him in. He was in yeah, the car Yeah, what kind of mess? What kind of mess? Well, because they see white skin and they see themselves. But you just brutally murdered mm-hmm. nine people, left bloodshed and destruction, and you you're going to go, you worried about his empty stomach? You have to understand the, the, the plague of the white, pe- white people, they... They see themselves. Mm-hmm. We we learned in through, through the Trump administration that you know the white people have a level of viciousness that we would never. The level the level of viciousness that Trump has displayed himself, 
I don't think that people will ever get to the level. Then the other people that are going down with him, they're just going down with him for now that he's living and existing. But God forbid, if his ass dropped dead, that's going to fall off. Mm. Nobody, nobody's going to follow him like that. I mean, come on. So it's just, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it, it, they're searching for the great white hope. They're searching to keep things like they were. And it's not so much keep things like they were. They just want to have access to what they've been having access to and and keep other people from having access to it. Because I think that people on a racial level, when it comes to black and whites, white folks have been living a life of Raleigh. They've been having access to stuff, you name it, housing, everything, banking, cars, neighborhoods, everything, suburban situations, you name it. And this is just like natural. And black folks have been in the city doing regular stuff, just trying to survive, being nice on their parents' and grandparents' toolage and knowledge and just trying to be decent people. When white folks been up in the suburbs living the life of Raleigh. So now everything is starting to move around a bit, but it's not about black and white because nobody's speaking on the Asians and Spanish and every everybody else that's here infiltrating everything anyway. But it just it seems like black that, that was just crazy. Here. I don't care if that person looked like your twin, whatever. When you see, see yourself, you still should not be able to disregard what you've seen when you see what this person just did. I just don't understand Judges that. Judges do it one. every day. They see a young white boy in there that's doing, that did wrong in front of him and say, well, look, we don't mess with his life. He's young. Like, I, I remember when I was young. But when he sees a black guy do the same thing, he doesn't see that in him. He just sees a black guy. That just needs to be stopped. I mean, but these aren't people who said, I remember being young and I killed a couple of people. Well, I can understand. I mean, that's, well, that's a whole I mean, other category. How, how are you relating to. Well, I wasn't speaking you know. on that when I was talking about judges. I'm talking about judges to getting people misdemeanors and, and little small felonies. No, but that's the point like I'm that. making. Even if you relate to the youngness and the stupidity of being young. No, I'm not going that high on that. But if you're looking at somebody who's taking lives, to me, that's where the similarity should go. Well, but still, you did take lives. You did whatever it is you did. Well, I I just don't get it. Those cops are ignorant from the beginning, so why would you put anything past them that ain't right? Well, then how do they get on the force? Well, I can't answer all That's that. a whole other thing. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> Ooh, boy. It's crazy. I, I'm just saying it's crazy. Uh, anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back on the other side. And we're going to hit them and quit them. We got the headlines for you on the Pajama Party Show. This is Kettle. And this is Red Wine. If you like news, but you like the weirdest kind, you're in the right place. Join us every Friday night for the Pajama Party Weird News. We find stories each week about some of the strangest and oddest news stories around. If there's ghost driving, stupid criminals getting caught, or just bizarre medical stories, we report it right here on the Pajama Party Weird News. It's funny and informative, and we look forward to it every week. And you will, too. If you like weird news like we do, join us every Friday night on the Pajama Party Show. It's a weird world out there, and we'll tell you all about it. Right here on the Weird News, where we celebrate the weirdness. All 
All right, welcome back to the John Party Winning Host Papa D. I'm the Kettle. Hello. And the red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Woo, the weirdness. All righty. It's time to hit them and quit them. Y'all going to okay. take the oath this time? We're going to hit them, <laughs> hit them, and quit them. I, I, I don't know. We may have a call in between, so, I mean, uh, okay. might not be to hit them and quit them. All right. All right. Well, we're going to do our best. going to give you the, well, uh, the headlines for this week on the hit them and quit them. And, Kettle, okay. you're up first. Go for All it. All right. This this one sounds like uh, some things that I've been watching, like Fatal Attraction, but this is crazy. This is um, a boss murdered an employee and buried, buried him under a septic tank. Um, but he, he was tripped up with a bunch of lies. The uh, boss just lied about everything. He, he The cops asked him. So alleged papers, thin lies, couldn't stand between an Oklahoma man and a murder case. His name is Daniel Joseph Trippett, 66. He's been arrested for murdering an employee and buying the man, and I'm sorry, burying the man under a, a client's septic tank. Uh, the investigation all started with questions from the concerned daughter of the victim. His name was Brent Mack. He was only 50. Um, she reached out to uh, via Facebook to um, his boss, Trippett, who allegedly engaged in a series of lies that were undetermined um, by documents and surveillance footage uh, to an arrest affidavit on Monday. In the daughter's version of the events, Trippett told her on Facebook Messenger that he um, fired Mac on September 20th, dropped him off in front of a laundromat, and gave him $1,000 as severance. Is that crazy or what? Um, but he um, deleted these messages, he said. So... Um, the daughter provided um, them screenshots of those messages that he deleted. She also had um, access to his phone login information. An investigator said that uh, the last call his phone made uh, was to his Texas-based girlfriend. So the girlfriend had some had some good points. She had some good um, evidence. Um, that girlfriend told investigators she met Mac online and spoke to him every day for about four months. The last time she spoke to him was on September 20th when he told her he was being picked up uh, to go to work and later when he had, um, he said he was on a job site um, with his boss. He stated that um, he wanted to cut um, ties with Brent because of his violent demeanor. Um, so Dan stated he gave Brent a $1,000, and, you know, he dropped him off in front of a laundromat, but that was a lie. Oh, um, boy, killed, killed him and buried him underneath a septic tank. I'm like, wow, this this sounds like some crazy stuff. Um, but it doesn't say, yeah, it doesn't say why. Um, he faces a count um, of murder in the first degree, and um, discretion, uh, discretion of a human corpse, and his attorney did not immediately respond. I, I bet he didn't. I mean, what can you say? Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't understand that. It's just crazy. Um, Most of the time, there's not a reason why. Yeah. 
Um, um, unless he got upset with the guy or something about his, his work ethic or something. I'm not sure. This is just crazy. This is in Oklahoma. The guy's name was Dan uh, Dan uh, Triplett. So. Okay. Put him, put him on a, well, whichever one did the murder, put him on the kiss it list. A triplet. Mm-hmm. Put him on the okay. kiss it list. Okay. All right. Okay. That was crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got one that's kind of crazy, too, but not like that kind of crazy. This one mm-hmm. is about um, an 82-year-old black woman that's trying to end her probation that goes all the way back to 1955. So before there was Rosa Parks, we all remember Rosa Parks, there was this mother. Her name is Claudette Colvin. She, at the time, in 1955, was a black teenager convicted of assaulting a police officer after she refused to give up her seat on a segregated bus down in Alabama. Now, Now she's 82 years old, and she's asking the court to officially terminate her probation and expunge her record. She said that she never received notice that her probation was finished, and this whole thing has been following her for all of her life. So going back to when she was 15, she was a student, and this happened on March 2, 1955. She and another black girl were sitting too close to somebody's standards, uh, I guess the white folks' standards. They were sitting too close to two white girls, and Colvin refused to move when she was asked to move to the back of the bus. And her refusal prompted the bus driver to call the police. So when the police came and they tried to remove her from the bus, she was kicking and scratching the officer, and the report said that she assaulted the officer, so they charged her with assault. And then the case was sent to juvenile court, and the judge found her to be a delinquent. So they put her on probation pending good behavior, and that's where it ended. And she never heard another word about it. They just left it hanging. So 55 years later, she and her lawyer, uh, Philip Ensler, are requesting an, ex- an expungement from the Mon- Montgomery County Court. I'm sorry, Montgomery County Court System. She said that that conviction uh, was like basically terrorizing her and her family and all her relatives. And they never really talked about it because she always felt like if I do anything wrong, the cops are going to come and get me because I'm on probation. So she's always felt like for 55 years she's been kind of, well, for all these years, she's been like living her life on the low, trying to like not draw attention, don't do anything, to, you know, don't get in any kind of trouble because I'm still on probation. Mm. So trying to get this whole thing resolved and expunged. and So anyway, finally, um, the Montgomery County chief prosecutor said he agreed with her request to clear the record and remove any doubt that, you know, he's going to do what he said. So she's now living in Birmingham, and uh, before that she was staying with relatives in Texas. But, I mean, like I said, the woman is 82. And this is still concerning. And what's really crazy is that when she goes to court to, to actually make the request in court, she has to take it to the juvenile court, even though mm. she's 82. But that's where the charge was originally filed. 
So she's got to go to the juvenile court and deal with this. So, you know, she just basically uh-huh. saying, look, I'm an old woman. I just want to have my record clean because it will mean something to me and my grandchildren and to all other black children. I'm like, I don't think she's asking for too much. Hmm, no, I thought that's why, right. You know, that's crazy Man. that they just left it hanging like that. Mm. Wow. So were they supposed to expunge it or was she supposed to go back to court or something? Um, well, she's, say in, she's going to court just to make sure. I mean, the Montgomery County is saying they don't have a problem with her request, but that's just what, you know, the uh, officials are saying, but that's not, you know, like that didn't give her the court documents saying it's been done. Okay. So she's going to the juvenile court to, you know, I guess go through the formal procedure. She's got a lawyer, and they're trying to just officially get it done, expunge the record, mm-hmm. officially get her off of probation. Mm-hmm. I had just never seen anything like that before. Wow, for sure. That's what I'm saying. But you know what? I'm not trying to justify, you know, what may have happened. I mean, it could have been maybe those documents got um, lost or something like that. But it sounds like uh, the woman said they never contacted her to either come back to court or to expunge it or just do anything. It's like she she was just left in limbo. So, um, yeah. You know, so, well, it sounds know. to me that at the time, I mean, she was 15 at the time. So mm-hmm. by the time, and keep in mind, it was 1955 in Alabama. Do you mm-hmm. think that the court system was really concerned about what was in the best interest of a young black girl in Alabama in 1955? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Exactly. They, I guess I rest I my guess case. We, right. It's kind of when the civil rights movement kind of started, so... I guess their concentration was on something else, was on us, trying to keep our yeah. ass down. Shit. So, you know. Yeah, and like I said, this was prior to mm-hmm. Rosa Parks. Right. But I'm glad so. she decided to go forward and, and expunge her name. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's, that's good for her. Kudos for her. So. All right. Oh. We're going to move on. Mm-hmm. What you got, Papa mm-hmm. Didi? Uh, I got this. This is crazy story, too. An actor or a so-called actor. Uh-oh. Charged for vandalizing George Floyd's George, George Floyd's uh, statue in New York. Mm-hmm. See, the man was arrested after he was accused of uh, defacing a bronze statue of George Floyd in uh, New York City this month. Uh, his name was Mr. Uh, Machin Beals. Probably pronounced his name wrong, but I'll what is shit. it? I'll put him on the kiss it list. M I C A H Mike Beals. M I C A H D E A L. My, I, I guess that's how you pronounce it. Okay, got it. Anyway, he was charged with a criminal mischief after a surveillance video showed a white man on a skateboard splashed gray paint on a statue in New York's uh, Union Square where the statue was erected at, didn't flee, and, and this happened on October 3rd. And the New York Police Department Hate Crime Force uh, tweeted this on Monday. Uh, now, he goes on the stage name of Michael uh, Femia. That's his... Uh, you know his name in the in the acting world, uh-huh. and it's crazy because he's played small roles on uh, Parks and Recreation, CSI New York, uh, something called the Sacramento Bee, uh, 
The Hills and People magazine reported that Bill's first appeared on CSI in New York in 2005, and he also starred in a 2013 movie, uh, Pop Star. Hmm. So this guy is, you know, he's regular, he's a regular, uh, you know, little small lightweight celebrity, but uh, leads to what we said before that, you know, it seemed like white men today are cut up in four different pieces. You don't know what you're getting. You know, you, know, you hmm. look at them like, can I... I experience that on the on the train everywhere I go. Every time I see white men now, I don't know whether they're Aryan nation or I can have a regular conversation with. Yeah. Them. But this month's incident wasn't the first van, uh, vandalization of that particular statue of Floyd. They said they also had to uh, clean it up back uh, prior to uh, five days after the, we saluted the uh, unveiling. The, it was unveiled during Juneteenth. And five days afterward, it was defaced in, but people came out to clean up the paint and things like that. So it's an ongoing thing. They they constantly have to clean different marks off of it and different paint off it and things like that, which is really sad. But uh, I personally think now that they know that people are vandalizing the statue, that it should be uh, coated with something that is uh, that, that is resistant with paint that, that washes off good i mean sometimes you can come back you know stuff with a better solution that way people can dog it all they want but the paint would just come right off or something like that you know i mean it's it's just so sad that we i tell you we live in a world where people are undercover big time you don't know who's who or what's what I, i'm at the point i don't trust a damn soul that's a good idea, though, to put a coating or something. Yeah, a coating that would just, I mean, the paint will still show up to make the people think that they did something, but when you go to clean it, it just scrapes off. I mean, there's all kind of other contractions out there. You look on TikTok and all kind of stuff, they're doing all kinds of uh, mm-hmm. cleaning stuff that cleans up stuff with the quickness anymore. So. Okay. Well, I'm glad they busted him. I saw that video. That was trifling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. That's, and he was on his table. His own reputation. Mm-hmm. That's just right. He's on his ignorance. And he took the time to be on a skateboard. He figured, well, if I take a car, they'll see my license plate or a motorcycle. So let me try to blend like a regular person. When you're a, you, you know, you're an actor. <laughs> you're around all these Stupid. big stars. You know, ain't nobody never heard of you on CSI, and I watch CSI yeah. all the time. And uh, I ain't never. I'm gonna look his ass up now. <laughs> anyway, put him on the right. list. Okay. Um, you I know they it. might have put that. They might have put that statue in something or put something around it so people can't get to it. You know, be able to vandalize it. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Like electric fence. Right. <clears throat> uh, yeah, something. Yeah, that's something for sure, won't it? Okay. Nobody wants to see the mighty get raised. They see like that, and they thinking, "Oh my God, what they're trying to do like that." Uh, Black Black Lives Matter paint oh, in yeah. DC. That's mm-hmm. permanent now, and I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for that. Right. I'm, I'm just waiting that. for that. That's gonna, I'm waiting for that to be destroyed. I'm sure that somebody they already mm-hmm. they're holding up on how they're gonna do that. Oh, they tried several mm-hmm. times. Yeah, they tried. You're right, but I think I think they got to kind of. Somewhat heavily guarded. I mean, I mean, it's it's totally different because they did some improvements to it, and uh, you mm. can only really walk in that area. You can't drive in that area anymore. That's a two-block yeah. radius. Uh, so, 
Yeah. All right. But I got the next gonna, one. Um. Huh? How's that? How's that going to hold up if another mayor takes over? Will another it's mayor contested. have the jurisdiction to say uh, I don't want it? Yeah. I don't want the controversy. We just had to wait. Anyway, we'll, we're, 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 we'll, we'll yeah. cross that bridge when we come to. Okay. All right. The queen seems like she needs to take a break. And queen is they overworking. Oh, yeah. As the queen cancels royal engagements, experts say the 95-year-old aides uh, may be working her too hard. Uh, the 95-year-old monarch planted trees with Prince Charles um, marked the opening of a Scottish parliament. Wow. Okay, Miss Lady, she's doing a lot. Um, some warrior extras believe that the uh, monarch may be overworked and that her um, uh, packed schedule could be part of the reason why um, she pulled out of some of her uh, uh, royal engagements. The Queen canceled a visit to Northern Ireland uh, following medical advice and spent a night in the hospital for primary medical checks um, before returning to Windsor Castle. Um, the Queen has had an active schedule throughout her 69-year reign. Wow. And she hasn't slowed down much in recent years. Um, the year before she turned 90, the Queen carried out 341 engagements. That's a lot. More than Prince William, uh, Kate Milton, and Prince Harry combined. Wow. 2016 report from the um, Telegraph. And in April 2021, four days after the death of her husband, Prince Philip, she was back to work hosting a retirement ceremony at Windsor Castle for one of her senior aides. Um, it goes on to say in late April, a source said um, to be close to the royal family, told the son that the uh, Prince of Wales will be playing a more uh, significant active role to support the queen after um, Philip's uh, death. And following the Queen's recent hospitalization, um, the Telegraph reported that at least uh, one single royal would accompany the monarch on all future uh, public engagements. Um, they claim Prince Edward, he's supposed to, uh, you know, help her as well. Prince Charles, they ain't doing jiggity-jack, supposed to help her. Um so we'll see. It goes on to say um, just how much control royal aides have over the Queen's schedule is unclear, but it's an issue uh, Prince Harry touched on during his and Meghan's, uh, Meghan Markle's Oprah Winfrey's interview. Uh, remember the interview in March of 2021. So, um, hey, he said, look, my grandmother, she's 95. She need to take a chill pill. Yeah, she might want to take it easy. Mhm. But Why you know, they always have to. Her what to do. I was going to say they have to live. They have to live up to their bubba of reputation. But um, oh. she should be calling the shots, not them. But exactly. It, it just seems like it's 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 a quote unquote institution like the presidency. Um, a lot of things, the president or the queen or the king, they're just figureheads. Um, they have other aides and other people that are behind them that are making calling the shots, you know. So, oh, like <laughs> Cheney, is that what it is? The way Cheney so. was running Bush. Well, okay, just saying. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna touch that 
right. All right. Let's get to this last one. What you mm-hmm. got, Papa Didi? Um, this is something been going on forever. Sneakers, you know, sneakers have tennis shoes, whatever you call them, era generating seventy billion dollars. But black retail saw very little of that. You know, the uh, and he talk about a guy named Earl West. They say his suburban home in Atlanta looks like a sneaker warehouse. You know, this guy is uh, from floor to ceiling, covers the entire space, shoe boxes filled with some of the most expensive, exclusive, various colors and designs are stacked on top of boxes, boxes on top of boxes. Inside him are nearly 900 pair of sneakers valued, in Wes's estimate, at least $100,000. Good gracious. Now, Wes is among thousands of people in America, especially black males, who are fixated on sneakers so much that they are driving the market through the roof, pulled in $7 billion in 2020 alone. Now, this is the year of the pandemic. The year of the pandemic, sneaker world pulled in $70 billion, according to market research, okay? All right, now, at the same time, there's a harsh reality that uh, while black culture has made sneakers an invaluable element to any wardrobe or uh, black consumer are at the heart of the uh, financial tie. Black retailers of the covered item is still hard to find. You know, blacks don't own none of these establishments. Blacks mm-hmm. who work in these establishments, they don't own nothing. All right. Nike released a substantial report in March that opened up with word from its president and chief uh, executive officer, John Donahue. He said, uh, our brand would not be what it is today without the powerful contribution of, of black athletes and black culture. And yet, while some retailers are working on changing the uh, disparity of these situations, they're not doing anything to help, do, very, doing very little to help black wealth. So, and I think also that you can put your boy on the kissing list with this, and that's Michael Jordan. Because oh. Michael Jordan has a huge stake in Nike. And he's one of the most selfish bastards out there. You know, all he cares about is white women, golf, and cigars. And other than that, he don't want to be bothered, you know. But anyway, that was just my little footnote on that. (laughs) But anyway, um, as we know, you know, and and we know this story is nothing that had to be really publicized because that's just the ignorance that's possessed out there and the illusion that's given to black people like they're part of something when they're part of nothing. And the sad part about it is that people are making so much money with this don't have the honesty to tell people anything, let alone break them off anything. That's what's, that's what's so sad. That just shows you the great white hope still exists, and the secrets being held back from black people are still very prominent. You know what I mean? I'll hang with you. I'll shoot the breeze with you. We'll go out and party, laugh, and joke. But I won't tell you my secrets of what money I'm making and how well I'm doing. But I'll be your friend. We'll go on camera and smile and all that. And yada, I'll invite you to my yacht. But I'm just—I'm not gonna give you access to what I have. It's—it's it's a telltale that's very interesting. So, anyway, yeah. sneaker world. Yeah. How about that? Gosh, that makes me think about next time I want to buy some Nikes. Or oh something. please, I would never. I'll take—we call them back in the day. I'll take some Bobos. No, I'm thinking I'm going to try to find at least a, a black-owned store to buy them from, no, if any exist around. But you're still giving the money to the people that produce it. Yeah, well, at least you can find a black retailer if you're going to buy them anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, buy black. Okay. All right, now. 
That's my two cents. If you don't buy them, buy black. Buy black. Walmart. Okay, he gonna oh, get some Wally specials. Wally specials at Walmart. Nine ninety nine, baby. Okay, dokie. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we taking a break, or are you ready to uh, give us the cocktail of the week, Miss Kettle? I'm ready. Oh, okay. Kettle's ready. Well, let's do it. Oh, all right. I'm a little crazy myself. So, uh, what you got for us this week? Uh, we need one after that $70 billion uh, story, dear. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a blue me. It's called the Jim Bean Orange Julep. Something different. Um, check this out. Jim Bean has an orange flavor. Two parts of Jim Bean orange, or two and a half if you, if you prefer something a little stronger. It's called Jim Bean orange. Everybody's doing apple and everything else, but Jim Bean said, we're going to go orange on you. Um, five to six mint leaves, two dashes of um, aromatic bitters, and uh, 0.5 ounces of um, part simple syrup. Uh, garnish with an orange wedge and a mint sprig. So in a um, mint julep cup or rocks glass, gently muddle the mint, bitters, and syrup. Add crushed ice and Jim Bean orange. Stir to combine, topping with more ice as needed. And garnish, of course, with the orange wedge and a mint sprig. And that is called the Jim Bean orange julep. Okay. Uh-huh. Didn't know. <laughs> Jim Bean surprised everybody, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, Jim Bean orange. I would have never thought to try that flavor. Mm-hmm. Sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. It does it then. All right. All right. Go. Coming to you, Papa Didi. Um, yeah, we could take a little CC. And, uh... All righty. We'll do that. And we're coming back on the other side of the break with Papa Didi. And uh, what's popping? On the Pajama Party Show, we got you covered. Living just enough. Just enough for the shit Okay, but why are we doing Stevie Wonder? I thought we were doing pajama party. Well, I was, I was talking about my little, uh, one, of my segment, one of my segments, one of my segments of uh, Living for the City. Join the party. Now you say you ride me. Uh, yes, sir, we ride tonight at 9. Pajama party. No clothes allowed. Kettle and red wine uh, step on my parade. I had the mic first. And they're coming in just trying to, uh, you know. It's my turn. Uh, she's going to say. I don't know what number to call. Oh, yes, okay. uh, call us at 914-803-4306. 4306. And press 1. And press 1 to be put into the queue. And uh, say what you have to say. You can read off what we're talking about. Come up with a new subject you own. We're, we're free. We're liberal. We're easy. It's the same. Eastern time, we're here at 9, 9 p.m. Friday nights at uh, 6 o'clock, o'clock West Coast, and uh, what, maybe 7 o'clock in the mountains? Or in the, <laughs> yeah, 7 in the mountains, uh, around Michigan, Michigan and New Orleans and all that, we're like an hour back, yeah, but 9 o'clock on the East Coast. 9.15 is time. time, 9.15. Don't be late when you listen up. It's here at 9 o'clock on the dot. That's right. Every Friday night. We'll see you there. Goodbye.
Hi, welcome back to John Party One Hills, Papa Didi. I'm Eva Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. It's right. that time, Papa Didi. What's popping? Hmm. I guess, you know, all the stories that we've just went over is just it's almost enough to put together a collage of uh, just where the world is today, you know, between the the murders of black people and uh, the ripping off of black people when it comes to sneakers, just that little area of sneakers, and just just different things that we, we've covered just goes to show that our backfield is always in motion but never going nowhere, and it's becoming redundantly clear that we we can't even get out of the way of being in the way mm-hmm. of other people's progress. And, and we seem to be sitting there like a deer in headlights until the car almost just runs us over. And it's really sad how we uh, have no stake in so much. And it's almost, where do you go? Where do you turn? And it's getting to the point where do you hide anymore? Because, you know, at some point you don't want to be a part of anything anymore. You know, it's like I don't have a horse in that race. I look at elections now and, and you know, like they got this uh, governor election in Virginia. They must have showed a gazillion commercials. And it's just not Virginia. I was up in the New Jersey area, and I saw some, some political advertisement on things going on up in Philadelphia and in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, things like that. You know, everywhere every, you go, the, the politicians are flooding. The networks are loving it because they're getting paid, and now they're paying everybody. All your different... Your different people on the, in the morning shows, on your Today Show, and uh, the, um, M- well, I won't say the name of the shows, but NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, and Fox, everybody's paid handsomely because money's rolling in through politicians advertising, and the way they're throwing these advertisers out, boy, the network is making a ton of money. I hate to use that for a ton. It sounds so, uh trailer park. Oh, I think we got a ton of money. White folks say that. I hate that term. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, it's like, you know, we, we where do we stand anymore? Like this, like I said, I'll focus on that election in Virginia, you know. It's like, do I really care? I, I don't even live in Virginia, but why has it beat me up so much? Because the Republican, he's got Trump on his commercials and the Democrat is saying, well, do as it is here, blah, 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 blah. And they're two white guys that I really don't give a shit about either one of them. So why am I concerned? But it just seems like anybody that does something is going to influence black folks in some way. You know, it's just so sad. You know, it's like almost, you know, you're going to get dog mess on your shoes if you walk in the park long enough. You know, it's like, mm. why am I just so victimized and so, it's like I'm locked in. They, they don't want me to be a part of nothing, but I'm a part of everything. And that's what's scary, because I just don't want to be a part of what's going on with everything, with the Aryan nations and all the racial crap. I'm trying to get out of the way of it, but they just keep coming at you more and more. Like, I care about how ignorant and racist you are, you know? And what are you trying to prove? Won't you just get a job and go to work like everybody else and just be decent? But you got to act a damn fool. And then, like I always said, white folks is monkey see, monkey do. That's why they got a group of people all carrying a candle, chanting stuff. And these are white guys you see on your job in your office every single day. Ain't no more sheets no more. Ain't no more hoods no more. Ain't no more burning crosses. 
These jokers are sitting right next to your ass in a restaurant. So, it's scary. So, I just want to put that out there. Okay, now. Hey, that's a frightening thought. For sure. Mm-hmm. It's that numbskull right across the way. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's that time, Kettle. Okay. Lighten it up. Lighten it up. All right. There it is. Lighten it up with the weird news. All right. Let's see what's going on today. All right. Uh, Dad gives his son a ridiculous name because he wanted to be a writer. So a father in uh, Indonesia has used his passion to become a writer to inspire a name for his son. The dad thought it was um, fitting to call his newborn A B C D E F G H I J K. Come on, y'all, are you serious? <laughs> um, you would think a hopeful writer would be able to use their um, linguistic skills to come up with something a bit more inventive, but the father believed the first eleven letters of the alphabet was a fitting first and middle name. This bizarre story was discovered when the boy, who is now 12 years old, went to get his uh, coronavirus vaccine in the, in the regency of Mora NM in an Indonesian um, province of, of South Sumatra. He wrote down his full name, which was the alphabet I gave you, Zuzu, and authorities thought he was joking around. It wasn't until they confirmed uh, it with his dad that they realized they had stumbled across one of the most bizarre names of the planet. Local media contacted the dad to find out more about the name's origin, and he explained how he dreamed of one day being a writer. So the dad had come up. uh, It is so crazy. uh, 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 it goes on to say, well, before his son was um, conceived and was very happy to finally uh, enact the idea once the boy was born. Wow. Uh, he was fully prepared to call them N-Q-P, I'm sorry, N-O-P-Q-R-S-T-U-V and X-Y-Z respectively, but he eventually opted against it. Okay. Oh, my God. That, that don't even make no the freaking sense. Please put How do you on even pronounce that? List. You don't. You just <laughs> A B C D E whatever. I mean, how do you even pronounce that? You don't. <laughs> I wouldn't even try to pronounce it. That's just so crazy. Ooh, uh, yeah, but the, they don't give the um, father's name. I see why. He, who knows? He might be the latter. The N O P Q. R-S-T-U-V-X-Y-Z. That's might be his name. Shit, who the hell knows? Okay. I'm going to put the alphabet dad on the kiss it list. I can't believe he jacked his son up like that. Oh, well. Maybe he'll go and get his name legally changed. Anyway, I got one for you. Uh, Animals on the loose. We got animal shenanigans. Authorities in Rhode Island said a runaway donkey has been returned to his owners after more than four months on the loose. 
the world does Donkey go? Uh, the local police department said the donkey that escaped from his new home back in June was reunited with his owners. The donkey was captured by a farmer who spotted the animal on their property and used some hay to lure it into a goat pen. The owner, Karen Lenoy, said that the female donkey had been purchased as a companion for her miniature donkey, but the new arrival escaped shortly after arriving to the property. That donkey must have looked at that miniature and went, nah, and <laughs> took off and left. So then in England, we got wildlife sanctuaries asking members of the public to keep a lookout for two albino wallabies that escaped from their facility. The Thorner Alpacas Sanctuary on the outskirts of Leeds, England, said in a Facebook post that the albino wallabies, whose names are Roxy and Amadeus, escaped Thursday from their enclosed field. While in Kansas, we have a woman who heard a noise at her front door and received a shock when a deer burst through her door and ran through her house. Rosemary Glatt said she was in the kitchen of her Topeka, Kansas home when she heard a noise at the front door and went to investigate. See, you know she's a white woman. You hear a noise and you're going to go and look as opposed to go out the back door. <laughs> she going to go look. She said it was a great big buck, uh, crashed through the door, made eye contact with her, and then ran through her living room. She said the deer jumped over her furniture and exited the house by crashing through a window on the back porch. She said she was not injured, uh, and aside from the front door and the back window being messed up, uh, the deer just messed up a few items on the coffee table. But they're just letting you know that it is deer hunting season and it's also mating season, which is interesting that they're mating during hunting season. So they said the deer are running wild and coming in hot. And as a footnote, there's still zebras running around on the loose in the state of Maryland. If you're keeping count on all the animals that are running wild on the loose. Mm. That's <laughs> What's a lot up with going the animal? Uh, yeah. we in we in their territory. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's for sure. Mm, animals mm. are making moves. Yes, they are. Mm, mm, mm. All right. Over to you, Papa Didi. What's your weirdness? This is this is really weird. This is uh, a sex toy is also a safe place to hide your valuables. Uh, it says you can now buy a sex toy uh, that's also a safe place to, ha- safe place to hide your your values, valuables during the break. And this guy named Brian Sloan, he's the inventor of something called the Auto Blow, which is a a male, uh, it's actually a male jack-off tool, basically. It's, you know, it's What's his name? Because he's going on the list. Brian Sloan. Sloan, got it. He's a rich joker. He's, it's a mechanical thing that, you know, that... Uh, Anyway, uh, you put it on your penis and you kind of like work it like a like a milkshake or whatever. Shake it back and forth. But his, his concept is to uh, put lubricant all on the outside of it, but put your jewelry and everything on the inside of it. The same area where you would normally put your penis, put all your valuables in there. This way if you get robbed and you got sticky lubricant on the outside of it, people think that you have just used it. 
and they oh, won't bother. They won't touch when they pull your drawers open, they'll be like, oh, oh my God. And you can have $1,000 inside of it, you know. But you just put some lubricant or some KY gel all over it so he didn't, people didn't touch it. So uh, That is so bizarre. And he said that mostly now people are buying the product just to use that concept of it. So he said either way, no matter what they use it for, he don't care as long as it's being sold. So and, is uh, it functional for the the other part of it, the sex yeah, toy part yeah, of it? Yeah, it'll be functional, but <laughs> I guess you have to buy two. You know, lead you over in the car mm-hmm. when you leave it in the nightstand. <laughs> That's the one you put the jewelry in. Yeah, stuff put the in. jewelry in and put lubricant on the outside of it like you just got done using it. Hi, yeah, And put yeah. your rings and jewelry and Rolexes inside of it, and uh, people look in a drawer, and they'll see a oh, sticky. Boy. So just out of curiosity, how much is this? I thing? don't think. Look, this is what I heard. Oh, anyway, okay. uh, it's, actually, it's actually $70, $70 6% sales tax. Oh. That's what I heard. <laughs> That's what oh, you heard. Lord. Okay. Yeah, that's why it's weird. Oh, boy. I tell you, the things that people can you imagine having to fill out the application for a patent or a trademark or whatever on this and having to explain how this works? It's going to make you money. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. How are you going to explain that? And somebody probably yeah. looked at it sideways like, what the hell? But just look, just pass it on through. Pass it on through. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't really want to have to explain it. Just just take my word for it. Okay. Wow. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I'm ready with what I'm just saying. If I can get my intro, please. Yeah. Por favor. Por favor. Play. Okay. Uh, coming up next, we got uh, red wine, but I'm just saying. Take it away. Merci beaucoup, Papa Didi. All right, tonight, I'm just saying, ain't nothing funny. Now, while some kids get their first job and spend the weeks uh, away from home and sleepovers and camp and uh, things like that on the summertime, other kids go and make videos of themselves with a friend wearing a white hood and dropping the N-word down in Florida. That's what they do. Now, according to the News for Jacksonville in Florida, two white students from Uly High School in Nassau County, Florida, made a video doing just that before they came back to school this past fall. Well, this fall now. So the school board held a meeting on Thursday where the parents, black parents, expressed concern about what the students did and the fact that these students should be disciplined. Uh, But it turns out, these students weren't disciplined at all. Now, they made a video. They put it on social media. They were saying, nigga, nigga, nigga. They had on a Klan hood or something resembling a Ku Klux Klan hood, talking nigga, nigga, nigga this, nigga that, nigga whatever. And they were not disciplined. And the school board's excuse was, well, this happened over the summer. It didn't happen during school session. So, therefore, I'm like, hold up, therefore, you're full of crap. These were students. Not only did they upload the video, but then when they came back to school in the fall, they decided to show this video to a couple of black kids who immediately whooped their natural behind. So then it became an issue where the school school administrators wanted to discipline the kids that were fighting. 
So the kids who showed the video were not the ones that were in the video. These were some other white kids who were amused by it and decided to taunt some of the black kids and show it to them. So, of course, black kids picked a fight with them. Well, I won't say picked a fight. They retaliated by fighting. And then all of those kids got uh, suspended. But the kids that created the video and that were in the video still got no punishment, no discipline, nothing. So the parents, predominantly of the black kids at this school, are saying, hold up. These kids made the video, and, and the school is saying, oh, well, you know, they only meant it as a joke. Well, guess what? Ain't nobody laughing. Ain't nothing funny. When you start talking about N-word this and N-word that and you have on a white hood looking like you're trying to be a Klan member, ain't nobody laughing. You may be laughing as these white folks, but black folks are not amused. And the school and the school board needs to deal with that. How in the world are you going to sweep this under the rug and just say, well, you know, kids will be kids. Boys will be boys. They didn't mean any harm. Folks are just being sensitive. I'm tired of hearing that. It's not about sensitivity. It's about being racist, straight up, in your face, upside your head, racist, and getting away with it. And why these people didn't feel like these kids, the ones that created the video, should have been disciplined, I don't understand it. It goes back to what you were saying earlier, Papa Didi, about how people see themselves they coddle these kids. If you don't nip this stuff in the bud while they're in school, these are the people who become adults, who go out and do stuff like Dylan Roof, who go out and do stuff like, uh, what's the other one that went down there and, um, and shot up those people with that uh, semi-automatic gun? What is his name? I can't think of his name right now. These the, are the, the people... Chip, uh, shoot, I can't think of his name. It begins with a K. But that guy and people like Dylan Roof, these people didn't just wake up one day and become a racist. This stuff is learned behavior that gets, what's the word? It develops. It develops over time. And if the parents and the school doesn't deal with it when they're young enough to be corrected, that's how they grow up and go out and kill people and do crazy stuff. They're facing statues like that stupid actor. How would you go out and, you know, anyway, I'm just saying, ain't nothing funny about doing this kind of stuff. It's not a joke. It's not funny. And, it, and the school board was saying, well, it was only meant to be kept as a little thing between a group of friends. Really? So you think that's cool? But then when they put it on social media, it was no longer something between two or three people. Now it's between the whole world. And when the other kids showed it to other kids at school, well, now you're spreading it even further. So I'm just saying, this is red wine, and I'm just saying, you can call it a joke if you want, but ain't nothing funny for black folks when it comes to people doing racist things, trying to pass it off as, oh, they were just trying to be funny. No, you're not funny. What you are is a racist. Mm-hmm. All right. That's some BS, dear. 
Yeah, it's called BS. Yeah, that's true. And where was this again? This was in Florida. You know how they act down oh. there. Oh boy. This is down in Jacksonville. <laughs> oh God. Okay. <sighs> it never ends. But okay. That's how they do. I'm just letting yeah. you know. Yeah, that you're was going a good down one. south. You better watch yourself because they think that stuff is funny. Wow, Jacksonville. I yeah. mean, they 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 have the change with the times. I mean, I've been to Jacksonville. They have some beautiful beaches down there, but they are kind of a little slow. It kind of remind me of Baltimore. Kind of behind, but they need to change with the times, man. I'm like, yeah. okay. I've been to Jacksonville uh-huh. as well. Like you mm-hmm. said, nice beaches, racist people, yeah. hiding in the cut. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. I'll move on. That was a good one. Yeah, all right, that was a good one. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, thank you. All right, Papa Didi, mm-hmm. what's happening in the city? It's time for Living for the City with Papa Didi. Well, you know, I tell you, just to jump back on that one there, I just think personally, I don't know, maybe I'm getting old and I'm getting wiser. But I think a different approach is needed with things. The last thing I think that black people need to do is stop getting excited about stuff, you know, especially black people of a certain age, because we're getting older, and it's not our first rodeo seeing some crap. So we have to take a different approach, and we have to rally within ourselves and see how we're going to handle the problem as opposed to taking it to people that is going to fall on deaf ears and deaf eyes and not see what's happening with it because they're going to try to save themselves, save their reputation, to save the son of somebody who they know they know their mother. Okay, see things are deeply rooted with people, and if you don't get to the root of who knows who, then you're never going to chop up nepotism or anything like that because nepotism runs deep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, relationships run deep. People that's on the same bowling team runs deep, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For them, anyway. And they they pass it off as, oh, that's my friend, and they don't know them from Adam. But I think that the one thing the black folks need to start doing within themselves, secretly as they can, is build their own unification and go to each other for the problems that they have and combat it in another way. Kick it to the media. Find somebody in the media that will put it out there on Front Street, you know. They can blur out the faces of the people involved because they're minors, but you you ain't got to blur out the audio, you know. Mm-hmm. You got to take a different approach because they don't really, I ain't going to say they don't care, but they're trying to divert it because they don't want to get involved in it, especially when black people come in there with the attitude, like you said, they have. Who white Two black folks walk into a white principal's office or an office of the administrator, and they got that black look and that black anger, the first thing white folks are going to do is clam up and defend themselves. They're going to shoot down everything that you're throwing at them that seems to be logic. They're going to take it as, oh, we got, see, they need time to think, you know, because they're slow from the fucking beginning. They ain't that smart. So when you come here with all that strong black anger, hell, that's like tar, man. You know what I mean? That's like, remember, I don't know if you remember how old you are, 
but they used to tar roofs with uh, a big old truck used to bring this thing on the back of it that they light a fire. You, ever, you smell it when you walk on the block. It, wow, it smells like tar. And they would actually pour it out like paint. And they'd take it up on the roof and they'd mop it on the roof. But you, you smell it all over the neighborhood. It was black tar being cooked before it was put on the roof. And that's how deeply rooted the ignorance of people are. It, it's just that thick. So you can't have a black attitude and expect ignorant white folks to respond, for one. And you got to consider the source, for example. If you're talking about kids that did something over the summer, and these kids is 16 years old, okay? 16 years old. Now, let's look at what year it is. 16. It's, it's 2021. They're 16. Now, you play blackjack? Let's take the 16 as the 11, you know? So all what's left after the 11 with the 1 from the 2011 using the 1 on the back end and the ticking is 6. And if you play blackjack, what's left is the 5. So these kids were born in 2005, okay? So they don't know jack from shit. Mm-hmm. They're born in 2005. All they, You need to be faulting their parents. They're born in 2005. You got bras hanging up in the damn closet older than them kids. You got shoes underneath the bed older than them kids. You got pots in the kitchen, glasses in the bar. You know, everything you got in your home from 2005 is older than when them children was actually born. So they're not the ones whose ass you want to jump in because they don't know no better. Like you said in your piece, they were taught all this. It's the parents, and it could actually be their grandparents. Because if you add 20 years to, to a, a child that's only 16, 26, 36, their mother's father is only 36 years old. So you might have to go to the grandmother that's 46, you know, 56 years old. You know what I mean? So it's like it's not even on the mother. It's like the ignorance is so... You know, you got to do the math. And, and then you know what source to go to and do the math. Because the mother's 36, the child is 16, the grandmother's 56. You almost got to go to the great-grandfather who's, you know, 86, 76. It, it's deep. It's like, wow, they're young and ignorant where racism has been passed down to them. So it's a hard battle, man. It's a long ladder to climb. So, But I'm not downplaying it, but it's just the ignorance is bliss. I'm leaving it at that. I know. And I still say, if you're 16 and you know enough to put on a hood and call a nigga, 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 you know something. Yeah, but that's that's like anything <laughs> that's all else. I'm yeah, bird knows how to fly, but don't mean he ain't gonna fly into a windshield of a car if he's experienced, by an inexperienced no, bird. True. All right, we gonna what are we gonna do? You ready to go to Hollywood, or are we going to take a break? What are we going to do? Yeah, out there, kettle. Let's you take a little something. Okay. All right. All right, we'll do that, and then we'll come back with kettle and the Hollywood wrap-up on the Pajama Party Show. What's your opinion? We want to know on the late-night adult pajama party. Call us now on 914-803-4306 and tell us if you agree or disagree or if you don't care one way or the other. If you've been waiting all week to tell somebody what's on your mind, now is your chance. 
dial 914-803-4306 and press 1 to speak with the Pajama Party live on the air. To listen to the show online, go to www.apajamaparty.com and click the Listen banner on the top right. If you'd like to advertise your business with us, get in touch on www.apajamaparty.com. So call us now on 914-803-4306 and press 1. We will get to you as quick as we can. Now, back to the Pajama Party Live. All right, welcome back to Pajama Party. I'm your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Oh, swad, darling. Right. All right, it's time to go to Kettle. Hey, go to Hollywood or what? Come on with it. I'm Let's jump. Go. All right, let me jump on this Southwest Airlines. Hollywood. <laughs> That's all I fly. All right. Thank you. Um, huh, haven't heard this name in a while. Ice Cube, better known as O'Shea Jackson. Uh, he said, oh, hell no. Ice Cube exits Sony Comedy after refusing COVID-19 vaccine. Oh, I'm like, yeah. are you crazy? He was just starring in, in this uh, new movie um, with uh, Jack Black in the Sony comedy, Oh Hell No, um, upon receiving a request from the um, producers to get a vaccin- vaccinated, Cube declined the request and uh, dropped out of the movie. So wow. um, he hasn't gone on record. Uh, in the report and also hasn't publicly said that uh, he's declining to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, it goes on to say in August last year, he um, donated 2,000 face masks to students at uh, Bacon College in Oklahoma. So, I mean, what are you saying? I mean, you know, can you get the vaccine or what? I mean, I guess he's like, 10 billion is just a drop in the bucket to him. So, um, it seems like it doesn't matter to him, but uh, I don't know. It's just crazy. Just get the damn vaccine, man. Just do the damn thing. So you walked thing. away from that movie over that. Yeah, almost $10 million. Like I said, he must don't really need it. So. He was a Trump supporter at one time. I ain't feeling his ass no way. Yeah, yeah he was. I don't know what's up with that, but it's going to be interesting to see. Um, Also, um, Keisha uh, Knight-Pullman. I haven't seen her in the news in a while. She's going to teach at an HBCU class at Clark Atlanta University. She says the next generation of HBCU leaders are resilient. Um, So she's going to teach a class there. Also uh, joining entertainer Terrence J., He's a fellow of HBCU grad as well. Um, both stars are geared up to pass along their knowledge and wisdom to the next generation of black undergraduates. Wow, okay. Impressive. Um, Terrence J., he graduated from North Carolina A&T, um, who has several years of experience as host. As, um, he was on E and um, BET's 106. Um, he will head the... Um, to the Kathy Hughes School of Communications at Howard in D.C. 
to teach, uh, hey, H.U., uh, he's going to teach a course on uh, media and journalism. Wow, okay. Earlier this year, Terrence partnered with um, black-owned banking platform, uh, First Boulevard, also um, for an HBCU financial literacy initiative uh, that provides students um, the resources and knowledge to build a solid foundation for financial success. So kudos to them. Wow. Who knew? Wow. Everybody going back to uh, to school. <laughs> Why not? Um, also, RuPaul. Why drag race fans should tune in for RuPaul's Christmas movie. RuPaul's new movie, The Bitch Who Stole Christmas, stars the largest cast of queens ever. <laughs> um, uh, goes on to say, we, we must... Uh, been really nice this year because the iconic drag queen has announced his new VH1 comedy movie. Like I said, the bitch who stole Christmas. Interesting. Okay. I can imagine who's going to be in that. And that's on uh, Thursday, December the 2nd. (laughs) Wow. RuPaul, he got it going on. Mm -hmm. Drag show now movie. Who knew? Mm. Um, RuPaul is off the chain, I tell you. Uh, uh, I love RuPaul. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's, he's broken a lot of records, and he's won a lot of awards for that particular show as well. So um, yeah. kudos to him. Wow. He, he's made what he do into a, a empire, so I ain't mad at mm-hmm. him. Um, legendary comedian Marlon Wayans, HBO Max, stand-up special, you know what it is, is nominated for um, Comedy Act of 2021 and also a People's Choice Award. Really? All right now. Yeah, interesting. He said he did this um, during the pandemic. He said he was kind of in a depressing, uh, you know, um, depression. Uh, He said, I was feeling a sense of depression, which I had never felt. It was like, I've got to go into the stages. So um, he said he needed to laugh. So I guess it's when he came up with this idea to do this particular um, special. Um, also, Kim Fields of um, uh, the Upshaws. Uh, she's been nominated for um, People's Choice Award as well. I mean, that oh. show was pretty good. I like the Upshaws. Um, yeah, that and was that com- Yeah, that combination of people, um, Wanda Sykes, uh, Mike Epps, and Kim Fields, uh, they're the um, head folks on that. But, um, hey, kudos. People's Choice Awards. I'm like, wow, okay. Starting to get some That's black good. folks up in there. Finally, yeah. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yep, that's what I say. Uh-huh, finally. Uh, and last but not least, um, Colin Kaepernick. He is in a new Netflix uh, docudrama about his teen years. It's called Colin in Black and White. So look for that. Colin Kaepernick. And I believe uh, Ava DuVernay, she's um, uh, she's the producer and director, I believe, on that particular uh, uh, project. So finally, his his kneeling came to something. So, I mean, yeah, maybe take people take heed and, and check it out. So it's called Colin in Black and White. So look for that. And uh, okay. that's my Hollywood wrap-up, short and sweet tonight. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. That was a good one. Thank you. You got all the good details. All right. Oh, I have one more to add to your list. My baby's daddy, Prince, is being considered for a congressional gold medal. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll have to see how that plays out. But Amy Klobuchar, Uh she's a senator, right? Senator Amy Klobuchar and um, Ilhan Omar, I think I got her name right. I think both of them are, well, I know she's from Minnesota, and I think Ilhan is too. They are sponsoring the bill. She's a Muslim woman. Right, the Muslim woman. Mm -hmm. They're sponsoring the bill, and they are, you know, trying to get the, the rest of the Congress and all to sign off on it. And if everybody mm-hmm. or the majority sign off on it, he will get that Congressional Medal of Honor. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Is that the highest honor for a civilian, I believe? I believe you're right. Yeah, okay. they, they gave that to people like Gandhi and uh, oh, man, oh, okay. uh, Tuskegee Airmen. Mm-hmm. Major, major, major people. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's, Only that's 163 of these awards have been given out in the history of the awards. Uh-huh. Did you know the first one went to George Washington? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other ones, other awards have gone to Thomas Edison, Robert Frost, Rosa Parks, Walt <laughs> Disney. Uh, you mentioned the Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah, Barack gave out a few of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So All I'm right. rooting for them. I hope they get it approved. Award print. Award print. I, I know you do. <laughs> That's uh, my baby daddy. Oh, he does? Mm. Okay. Jabbar, I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has one. All right. Okay. Well, that takes us down to the Kiss It list. So, uh, Papa Didi, can you explain what the Kiss It list is? Oh, man. Just uh, people that's been showing their butt over the last week or so and uh, trying to put them on blast. You know, just the whole, you know, like the first one I want to put on there is that whole school system period. I just think that uh, we got to bypass that and come in out with another approach. Because the schools ain't listening to these parents, especially black parents. So we got to take it to the media. Somebody put that put them schools on blast. Because especially a school that has an all white administration, you walk in there and ain't no black nowhere in the whole building. Yeah. So you know what you expect to get out trying of trying to find justice. Trying to find justice and ain't, ain't no justice in there nowhere. Mm. Anyway. All right. Also, we have Makai Beals. That's mm-hmm. the actor who through paint on the uh, George Floyd statue in New York. On a skateboard. Yeah, riding by on a skateboard. Yeah. You punk. Trying to be inconspicuous. And then you're going to go down to a set and play a character on... um, Yeah, on whatever. That's sick. Um, I've got the Alphabet Dad, and that's the guy who named his son A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, whatever. I just dude. don't understand. <laughs> yeah, you're on the kitchen. Uh, oh, Papa Didi, you oh, said oh. you wanted to put Michael Jordan on the list. Oh, without a doubt. Okay. Awesome. That man don't care about nothing. He don't talk about nothing. He don't talk, you don't hear him in the news. 
He ain't got no opinion on nothing. Then he throws some money at something to get your attention, you know. Mm. Also, we have Roger Goodell for not being willing to uh, give up the names of the other people involved. He didn't want want to start talking about nothing because he knows he's in deep. That whole situation is deep. Yeah, because if he exposes them, he got to expose himself. He wants that Washington football stuff to blow over because it's so volatile and involving Gruden and everybody. It's a mess. They're in the middle of football season. They're trying to make their $20 And keep it moving. Mm-hmm. They'll talk about it when the season's over, after the Super Bowl, I bet. Anyway. Also, we've got Brian Sloan, the creator of the Auto Blow. Yeah, I got one of those. Yeah, I got. Oh, my gosh. I got it at Walmart on sale. <laughs> the Auto Blow thing that you can you can give yourself an Auto oh, Blow and you can hide your valuables in the thing. Yeah, you can hide your valuables. Whatever that's about. But you got to lube it up first and make it look sticky oh, and nasty. Yeah, make it look undesirable. Make it look undesirable. It's so disgusting. Well, Brian, oh, Brian Sloan, who created that mess, is on the kiss it list. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Montgomery... Yeah, the Montgomery uh, Montgomery County. City uh, uh, in Alabama. Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah. yeah, Montgomery, Alabama. Those folks who mm-hmm. kept uh, the sister on probation <clears throat> since 1955 and never followed through. They don't care. Everybody mm-hmm. involved in that, you're on the kiss it list. Wow. Uh, who else? Trump. All these politicians that put these ads on going after each other instead of saying what you're going to do, you're on the kiss it list. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't leave yep. out your boy Ice Cube. Oh, yeah. He's a yep. Trump supporter from the beginning. <laughs> He's just like Kyrie Irving and all the rest of them boys. That You know, they're the kind of people that if they weren't some kind of a celebrity, they would, they would be horrible people. Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving and this guy and a few other brothers, they just, they're just so confused. And don't leave the other brother out, too, the one advertised for American Best. What's his name? Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is another one. He he did Uh-oh. something about where he, he, he don't want to ever get married. He only dates white women. Oh, my goodness. Said it on camera, bold as ever. Yeah. Okay, you're on the kissing list. Oh, yeah. Okay. Never get married and only date white women. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Is that it? Going once? Going twice. All right, here's a special present for everybody on this week's Kiss It List. Enjoy. Kiss my entire ass. Kiss my Irish ass. You better kiss my Irish ass. This world kiss my ass. Kiss my ass. All right, welcome back to John Party. When it was Papa Didi, I'm your kettle. Hello. And red wine. Ooh, bonsoir, darling. 
Oh, boy, that takes us down to the last word. Get yours in. I'll tell you, when we, you know, once you reveal yourself, you know, like Maya Angelou says, when somebody reveals themselves, believe it. You know, people like Ice Cube and and um, the other brother for, for the uh, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, Kyrie Irving. All these guys just, they got, and then they got followers behind them. And I mean, they're taking the, the celebrity thing to the extreme. When you came into business to make a living, now you're acting like it's your, you know, your, 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 uh, your platform or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of people that died of COVID, you know? And uh, you, you can be choosy on where you get your vaccination, but, but get it. Go to a hospital and get it done if you don't want to go to CBS or, or Walgreens or, or the back alley that they're providing for everybody in the hood, you know? But I just say, you know, I just, these people revealing themselves. And I tell you, week after week, I'm crossing people off my list of that I treat or look at that I supposed to admire as a fan. So, but just be careful, everybody, and, you know, get back okay. to me. Well, my last word is uh, people need to get a grip on the, on their kids because these kids are the next generation of adults. So if we don't put the right thing in their minds and in their hearts and in their spirit now, we're going to have a messed up society in the next 10 years. So I think people really need to consider that, you know, like that mother who drove that 17-year-old to a protest rally carrying a semi-automatic gun. What the hell were you thinking? How could you do that? She's 37 years old. I'm just saying, you take your 17-year-old to a protest rally carrying a semi-automatic weapon, what did you think he was going to do? But I'm saying these are the kind of things that these parents need to get a grip. At some point, you got to stand up and say, son, no, no, where do you think you're going with that? How would you get that gun? Who did? You have to ask questions and be responsible. You can't just sit back and smoke weed with your kids and do all this crazy stuff and think, oh, they'll be all right. No, they won't because you messed them up. <laughs> They're not going to straighten themselves out. Like we said about that mold. Mold won't fix itself. These messed up kids won't fix themselves. Goes further back. You got to reach back further. That's my last word. Get your kids. (laughs) That's all I'm Uh, saying. uh. But you know what? I'm I'm going. My last word is um, a couple of things. I'm going to piggyback off of that. Um, Mom knew what she was doing because she probably was the same way. Exactly. When, um, uh-huh. when, 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 you know, he was when she was his age, so it's nothing new. You know, so they You're probably right. encourage shit like that. I mean, and they're up in the suburbs by that, themselves. That's right. Right. That's all they Here's, do. We're not up there with them. That. Right. Right. This is it's, it's a whole different environment. Prime example. Um, I had Ubered somebody uh, out Potomac, Maryland. And Potomac, Maryland is probably about 45 minutes from D.C. And, of course, it was a, a group of white people. They were visiting. Um, but the people that they were staying with say, we don't come to D.C. They stay out there in the rural areas. They don't want to be part of the B.S. that's going on in the city. That's why they moved out there. They, they were originally from 
um, in the Midwest somewhere. They moved to D.C. and moved out to Potomac, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Nothing but state. land. Nothing but fine homes. They don't come to Exactly. Maryland. That's exactly. why I had to pick the, those people up um, out there to come into the city. They wanted to go to the museums and stuff. People said, I don't, we, we don't go there. And they had three freaking cars in the driveway. They told mm-hmm. the lady, she, you know, the friend, you can go, you can take one. She didn't want to take it because she wasn't from there. Uh-huh. But they say they don't come. When they when she told me that, I was like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. They don't come out. They, they don't come to the city. They just they they send their guests off to have a good time. Huh? Yep. <laughs> you will be all right. Hey, that's very. Yeah. That's a very interesting story. It really is. Yeah. So and they're nestled out there. They're nestled, and they don't want us to come oh. out there. No. Right on. You're right. They know. Mm. That's why they I know. make those homes affordable. They make dollars to, and up. Well, <laughs> yeah. They're gonna price you out. That stuff if started you're out here. You must belong out here. That stuff started back yeah. in 1904 years ago. All right. All deep mm. But that's my last word. <laughs> so. All right. Well, we're going to get on out of here. And uh, for those that are celebrating the Halloween situation, mm. do your thing. Be safe. Be careful. Don't mm. act crazy. It's just another day. Yeah, put some cuffs and some hems in them costumes so you don't trip. Yeah, be careful out there. Cut the eyes up right, a little well, wider so you can see. Okay. We're going to say goodnight and get on out of here. So say goodnight, Papa Didi. Goodnight. Say goodnight, cattle. Goodnight. And good night. See you next time on the Pajama Party Show. We'll do it again next month in November. Mm. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatanti, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Dabiko. Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night. Party cool, people will be too. No clothes allowed. Summer party.